radio advertising is good, why should you advertise on the Tam Talk Radio Network, AM 1340? Well, it's simple. We are a local radio station with local shows that target our local communities and local listeners. We have a variety of shows that cover a multitude of informative and interesting topics, such as automotive and boating, real estate and finance, health and medical, politics and law, sports and fishing, pet care, and more. While we are even home to Imus in the Morning, we also have shows about comedy, food and dining, religion, fashion, local community events and activities, and a variety of music. Talk radio provides a listening format that appeals to a large cross-section of people. Whether you are in your car, at work, at home, everyone has a radio. And we are streamed live on the Internet. And past shows are podcasted so you, the listener, can play back your favorite shows over and over again. The possibilities are endless. So that, my listeners, is why you should advertise on the Tam Talk Radio Network, AM 1340. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years experience with classic vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club, located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship, par 72, plus another nine-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com. If you're thinking of buying a Triumph TR6 but would like to road test it, please control yourself. Don't test its fully independent suspension this way. Or it's very responsive handling like this. Or test its large front disc brakes like this. Unless, of course, that's the way you normally drive. Welcome, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. All right, Lee, you're doing real good tonight. <laughs> How you doing, Lee? I don't know what it is, man. Yeah, the music's too loud. Sorry, man. Yeah, it turned down a bit. Appreciate it. Thanks. Anyway, hey, uh, run your computers. Go to tantalk1340.com, and you can see me waving in the camera, okay? Hey, we got a great show tonight, and of course, we got a couple of good songs, and we have a very interesting guest. So, having said that, everybody go run, strap on their headphones, and let's get right to the first song and crank that baby up. You know why? Because it's been a hard day. It's night. It's been a hard day.
Listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country, Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to her front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle, and visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Okay, guys, we are back live here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars on the Tantalk Radio Network. Hey, quick uh, update on some of the stuff that's going on. We have Amelia Island, probably the finest car show in the eastern part of the United States. I'd say it even rivals Pebble Beach, and I've been to both. So that's next weekend, and uh, just north of Jacksonville, and it's on Ferdinand Beach, I believe is how they call it. Anyway, it's the 11th through the 13th of March. That's the Amelia Island Concourse, okay? Uh, this Sunday, March 6th, we have Webster up at Sumter County. So for all you uh, parts junkies like me, uh, let's go uh, take a trip up there and let's check out the, all the cool stuff that's hanging around. Also, don't forget, we've got the 12 Hours of Sebring, which is coming up this month. 
on the 16th through the 19th. So they're all, they're going to have some SCCA races. They're going to have vintage races, SBRAs up there, and, of course, a 12-hour race. And they're going to have a bunch of really, really cool cars and a lot of world-class drivers there. So be sure and check that out. Also, we got the Ford Nationals at Bradyton Motorsports this Sunday, the 3rd through the 6th. Okay, actually this weekend, this coming weekend. And then the Muscle Car Nationals, also at Bradyton Motorsports on the 19th through the 20th. And, of course, Al is not with us tonight because he's working on his Volvo. He's scrambling to get his Volvos together because they have a Volvo show at Philippi Park this weekend on Saturday the 5th. Okay, so be sure and check that out. Don't forget, it's Wednesday, so it's open mic night at Naughty Nancy's. Give her a call, 447-3717. That's 446-3717. Okay, let's see. What else we got? Oh, yeah. Hey. You know, the other day, Lee, I was working on, uh, while, we're on the, while we played that commercial on a TR6, because you know I have a TR6 that I'm trying to sell. It's a great little car. It's a beautiful I, car. Yeah, it's cool. And white. What, white with what? the green stripe. Actually, the green stripe that goes across the nose of the car is kind of like uh, representative of the Group 44 Bob Tullius cars that raced what? through the 60s and 70s. I know it doesn't mean well, much. I knew that. You knew that? Oh, no, okay, cool. No, I didn't so know. You didn't know. Oh, now you do. Now you do. <laughs> At any rate, and uh, so it's a great little car, but every once in a while I need some nuts and bolts for that funny little car. That's fine, fine British specimen. So I have to run down and see my friends down at Tri-City Bolt and Screw. They're down there on US-19. Okay, so if you need some oddball nuts and bolts and miscellaneous hardware, stuff like that, you be sure and check out uh, Tri-City Bolt and Screw. That's my buddies down there, Tim and Brad. Their number is 727-546-4411. That's 546-4411. And I want to say a big hello to my friends and thanks to my friends at uh, Cop Cars Online. That's Mark and John. So if you want a squad car... You know, just to drive around in, or if you got a security company, or if you got a uh, you know small little law enforcement agency in a small part of town, you got a limited budget. These guys can help you out. They've got uh, what do they got down there? They got uh, Crown Vicks, they got Impalas, they got Ford trucks. Wanted me one of them Crown Vicks to drive around in. You you know? They're cool. Just you know to intimidate people. You know. They, well, oh yeah, put the tar- tinted windows and everything. Hey, you know what? Anytime I see a Crown Vic, I get intimidated. <laughs> right. Start start sweating a little bit. Yeah, there. absolutely. So yeah. anyway, so if you want a really cool cop car, uh, check out the guys down at Cop Cars Online. Uh, give Mark and John a call. That's seven two seven five three six two six seven seven five three six two six seven seven. And they just relocated their flooring business. That's Woodhouse Flooring. So if you need some hardwood floors and uh, miscellaneous trim and, and uh, cove molding and uh, all kinds of cool stuff that you need to kind of dress up your house a little bit, give, be sure and give uh, Woodhouse Flooring a call. And their number is 727-507-0255, 727-507-0255. And again, say hi to John and, and Mark and those guys. And uh, let's see, what else, what, what else we got going on? Oh, yeah. That uh, pretty much covers it. Let's get right to that next song because I want to get our guests on here in a few minutes. So we got, uh, since we're on the British car thing, we're going to play some British music. We got, you know, we played the Beatles, and now we're going to play Cream, right? Yeah, Cream on our turntable. Strange Brew. Strange Brew. That's the stuff that we... That's what they have in Naughty Nancy's. Well, no, that's actually the the concoction that we put in our cars. It's called Racing Fuel, so we call it Strange Brew. Oh, I get it. It's a strange brew of uh, racing fuel we put in, because everybody's going racing next week. Or this week. Actually, the guys at Predator Motorsports, which are also friends of ours and sponsors sometimes, they're out there, I think, up in uh, Red Atlanta. Or, you know what? I better not say that. I know they're at some racetrack. There's some race going on. Because last weekend, they had the big thing at the Palm Beach International Raceway. It was the uh, Target 66 that Brian Redman puts on. And, of course, Brian Redman's been on the show. And uh, let's see. What else? Then they had uh, – there was another vintage race, HSR. That was down there at uh, Sebring. Um, or, no, it was the SCCA race. It was that same weekend. That was what was going on. So, anyway, let's get that turntable rolling and get on with the show. 
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. They have daily specials, happy hour, nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As most of you know, I'm in the car business, and often I need cars towed. Well, Kotaka's Towing has all the trucks and equipment to meet your needs. Whether it's long distance, short distance, or just around the corner, they can get it done. Kotaka's Towing, located at 1141 Court Street in Clearwater. Also, they have a full-service repair and body shop to meet all your automotive needs. So give my friends Lefty and Joey a call at Kotaka's Towing at 727-447-1952. And be sure to mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a discount. Look at this weather. Actually, it's a perfect day for a British sports car. And I've been waiting 30 years for this moment. were lying awake wondering how girls worked. I was lying awake thinking about the Triumph TR6. What's wrong with that? I think this is the blokiest bloke's car ever built. I've seen women driving Ferraris and Aston Martins and MGBs and Porsche 911s and just about any sports car you care to mention, in fact. But I have never, ever seen a woman driving a TR6. TR6 is rather gender-specific, and I expect women are angry about that as well. But let me explain. Before the TR6, Triumph sports cars had always looked a little bit feminine. They had soft, bosomy curves and hips. But this one was different, and there was a good reason for that. Prior to this, Triumphs were designed by an Italian bloke called Michelotti. But when it was time to do the TR6, he was too busy. So they gave the job to some Germans. The German word for nipple is Brustwarz, breast wart. Here I feel is a nation that may be relied upon to produce a man's car. What a square head. Look at it. Blunt at both ends, thick set. I reckon if this car went to the lavatory, it would leave the seat up. Look at the engine. There aren't any poncy colour-coded filler caps to stop you putting oil in the radiator. It's just a naked straight six. A proper British sports car engine. Made so that blokes can own toolkits. 
There isn't an ounce of womanhood anywhere on this thing. Except the wheels. Look at this. It looks like the drum of a front-loading washing machine. Apparently. Good job they didn't give it to a Frenchman, eh? We'd all have handbags by now. Well, we'll have no handbaggery here, thank you. You can't mince around with this like you do in a small hatchback. Once you get behind the wheel of a TR6, you realise that we chaps have been horribly misled. Look at this lot, driving executive saloons from A to B. Is this what we want? Suddenly, I can see modern manhood for what it is. I can't believe it's taken me so long to work this out. Come on, chaps, throw away your male grooming products and get out of the post-feminist society. You're a man. This is what you want. What a road. What a car. What a day. Oh, God, have I left the iron on? All right, we're back, and you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and that's my little tribute to Triumph TR6s, since uh, our special guest this evening, which I'm about to introduce, has possesses, I guess, one of the original uh, Group 44 Bob Tullius TR6 race cars that he currently races uh, in vintage. It's an SVRA legal car. It's an HSR legal saw. It's got, well, let's put it this way. It's got tremendous history. So SVRA is kind of like the... Uh, the, the creme de la creme of, of vintage racing associations, at least on this side of the United States. I think on the West Coast of California, they've got another one. And I think it's the vintage, Ra- vintage Racing Association. Well, I don't know. I'll get our guest on here, and he'll set me straight on that. But anyway, without further ado, is uh, do we have our guest on the line? We do. Okay. Bill Warner, the founder of Amelia Island. The concourse is taking place next week. I'd like to welcome you to our show, Bill. How you doing? Uh, thanks, Robert. That was a neat piece on TR6s. You know, I've had the Group 44 car 21 years now. 21 years, really? See, I, 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 I had to dig up that stuff for you because I figured you could appreciate that. That's good. <laughs> only flipped it once. You only flipped it once? Whoa, really? <laughs> well, let's see. You were just recently featured with that car in what? Classic Motorsports yeah, uh, did a feature did a, on that. Yeah, a comparison test between the TR6 that won the national championship in 75 and 76, which my car, with Sam Halkius's car, which won, I think, e-production last year. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't, a, you know, speed-wise, there wasn't a whole lot of difference down the straightaway. Same top speed, you know, about 130 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, where, now, where was that test on? What track? Was that at Road, Road Atlanta? Atlanta? Road Atlanta, yeah. That's a great track. Yeah, it is. like driving a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. What do you think of it since they reconfigured the Turn 12, Turn 11, uh, Turn 12? I, I don't like the uh, the chicane at the bottom of the hill. It, it used to be, it, what really separated the men from the boys was that dip at the bottom of the hill. You know, you oh, yeah. come down there fl- flat out. Now they got a chicane in there, which kind of slows you down. Out of it, yeah. Yeah, just before the bridge, right? Yeah, because we used to come up on the bridge at full tilt uphill, mm-hmm. and and where you really did your passes was was right before you got to the bridge, and then you had to commit to the apex without seeing it, which was kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I I did in 1990. That's where I got my. Uh, I went to uh, racing school, and Steve Perner, I think, was my instructor mm-hmm. back then. I know. Is he still around? Is he still up there? Yeah, I, I haven't seen him in years. Okay. Because I know he went on, and he was doing some serious racing there for a while. But uh, so Anyway, so how did you uh, get involved in cars? I mean, I was reading your little bio here a little bit. And, uh, of course, you've been on our friends, uh, the other radio show that's on our yeah. station um, with uh, 
Jim and Stu. It's called Maximum Motoring, and they're on Wednesday, uh, Thursdays at 3 o'clock now. So I know you were on there a couple of weeks ago with them and uh, Wayne Carini, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, oh, I can't remember when I wasn't a car guy. I mean, when I was a kid, my tricycle was a Buick. You know, I just <laughs> always, I used to pedal my bike around to all the car dealerships and drive them crazy and get the literature. And um, just cars always fascinated me. Where are you from originally? Jacksonville. Jacksonville? Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, the, the family's from Tampa Bay. In fact, uh, uh, if you go down to uh, between Bradentown and Anna Maria Island, there's a place called Warner Bayou. And my uh, great grandfather settled there in 1868. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. You were telling me about. Uh, the steamboat Margaret from uh, Tampa Bay to what was then called Bradentown, and then on to Naples and on to Havana. Oh, really? And you said you had something else to do with the uh, Port of Tampa. What was that about? Your family was involved with uh, that? My grandfather worked with Mr. Plant to locate the Port of Tampa years ago. And uh, Robert Warner was his brother, and he, he was a, a steamboat captain also. Oh, interesting. So you've got some uh, legendary history here in the state of Florida, I guess. Yeah, we, we lost all our fortune in the Florida land bust of 20 and in the Depression of 29, so I've had to work for my living. No. Otherwise, I'd have been the uh, the other Miles Collier of the state. Well, now, you mentioned uh, one time, when I, I met you for the first time at uh, the Legends of Motorsports there when uh, with uh, Bobby Rahal and those guys. As a matter of yeah. fact, mm-hmm. he is going to be the, is he the, the Grand Marshal? Or, or? He, he's our honoree this year. The honoree, okay. And uh, we're also going to do a couple of seminars. We do seminars on... Uh, on Friday and Saturday, we've got the Women of Racing with Lynn St. James, Janet oh, really? Guthrie, Denise McCluggage, uh, uh, young girl Jessica Brunelli, who's uh, in NASCAR, and Aaron Crocker, who runs NASCAR. She's married to Ray Evernham. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Judy Stropus. Okay. And then um, Friday afternoon, we do the Legends of, or we do the Hot Rod Lifestyle with uh, Dean Jeffries, the customizer. Really? TV Tommy Ivo and his four Buick engine dragster, which lives down there in Tampa. Is coming up. Uh, 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 compliments of Don Wallace, and then we've got uh, Don Prudhomme, really uh, drag racer, drag racer, yeah. and uh, uh, Pete Chaporis, who started uh, SoCal. SoCal, no kidding. And then Saturday morning, we've got Cannonball Run revisited, revisited with Dan Gurney and uh, Brock Yates, and we got. Pete Brock and, and Dick Gilmartin and Jack Cowell, who dressed up like the Catholic priests, you know, in the cannonball. Uh-huh. No kidding. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it is. I mean, you get these guys together, it, it's going to be a hoot. Wow. Uh, all, all the stories you heard about the cannonball, you'll be able to uh, uh, get a, a, a real good taste of from these guys. And William Jeans and Bill Broderick, who ran the motorhome. Uh-huh. The worst thing that happened to them is they spilled a plate full of lasagna on the rug. <laughs> Uh, Dave Hines, did you know him? I knew Dave Hines, yeah. In fact, we ran against each other in a couple of races in Ohio back before he passed away. He was a very nice man. When I first... And uh, and, and Dave Cowart from Tampa. Dave Cowart, yeah. Yeah, he's... uh, Red Lobster people. He's he's a good friend. Uh, uh, He and I were going to drive together at Road America a couple of years ago, and the clutch uh, master cylinder went out, unfortunately, and and I didn't get a chance to turn the car over to him. What uh, what other cars do you have in your collection? What are some um, of the other prizes? I got the Triumph TR8 Trans Am car, another Group 44 car. Okay, that's the one you had down at uh, Sebring. Sebring, yeah. Right. And okay. um, uh, got a couple of Cadillacs, 57 Eldorado convertible and a 58 Eldorado Brome. Mm-hmm. And I just finished restoring a, a Maserati Ghibli Ooh. fighter, which was uh, used in the movie Love, Wedding, and Marriage, which will be out in a couple of months, and they're going to have a sneak preview of the film at Amelia Island. 
um, Maserati had a new car in it, and they wanted to borrow an old one, so I loaned them mine. Wow, well, that's a rare car there, and that's a pretty car. What year is yours? Yeah. Uh, 70. 70. 100 147s and 25 49s. Say that again? It's probably one of the prettiest cars ever built. Really? I mean, what, what color is it? Uh, it's a, it's a 1954 General Motors color called Cobalt Blue. It's a dark metallic blue with a biscuit interior. Oh, that's a pretty car. But you mentioned some numbers a minute ago. What was that? Was that production runs? Yeah. They made a, a 100 of the 4.7-liter cars and 25 of the 4.9-liter cars. Oh, okay. Well, oh, really? They made two different size engines then? Okay, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, five whole horsepower different for what it's worth. Oh, okay. So tell us, tell us how the whole Amelia Island came to conception. I mean, how did that whole thing come about? Well, uh, a lady named Patty Hendricks, who worked at uh, the Ritz-Carlton, mm-hmm. the PR lady there, called me one day. I, I was trying to have the reputation for being the local car weenie up here in Jacksonville. <laughs> Said they wanted to do a, a concours. And I, at the time, my parents were being cared for by hospice, community hospice. And I, I, you know, I made my living in the filter business. I couldn't make a living with road and track. You know, I just, I had to sell something. So, um, uh, we started the Concord kind of like a uh, Judy Garland, uh, uh, Mickey Rooney movie. You know, let's get Dad's Barn and put on a show. And the next scene, there was Xavier Cougat Orchestra and costumes by Edith Head. Mm-hmm. It just grew. And I think we filled a void. You know, there wasn't anything on the East Coast uh, to rival Pebble Beach. Right. And Jacksonville's a good location. It's, you know, equidistant from Miami up, Birmingham, Charlotte, and Atlanta. And uh, Amelia Island is gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's, it's the part of Florida the Yankees haven't killed yet. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's more like Georgia than it is Florida. Uh-huh. But uh, we're at the Ritz-Carlton, which is a five-star resort. We put the cars out on a golf course, which drives the golfers crazy. And... Uh, it it just grew. I mean, it, it's grown almost too big. We got to cut back the size. We're going to have three hundred cars this year, which is crazy. Well, the first time I was there, I think was in nineteen ninety six, ninety seven. Does that sound about right? Ninety six was our first year. Okay, so then I was there in ninety seven. It was the second year I was there, and I was there with a friend of mine, Chris from Lincoln Land. I don't know if you know him or not. And uh, he invited me to go with him, so we went up there, and I was extremely impressed. And that's why I told him even back then. I said, you know what? This reminds me of a small-scale Pebble Beach, which I'm familiar with out in California. And uh, I think at the time you were limited to maybe 200 cars by invitation only. Was that Yeah, it's, uh, it grew to 300 this year. Okay. And uh, we've got some really neat stuff coming. Uh, Mercedes-Benz is flying over from Stuttgart the Pope's 600 Londolette, which is a four-door convertible that was built for the Vatican in 1965. First time it's ever been to the United States. Oh, really? Uh, and it, it is phenomenal. It, the top goes down in the back, and it's got a seat where the Pope would rise up, you know, it, mm-hmm. so for parades. This was before there were nutcases out there, I guess. Um, <laughs> now they would, they would never consider doing that. Uh, we've got the Plymouth XNR, which was a sports car designed by Virgil Exner in 1960, sold to the Shah of Iran, was hidden during the revolution, was squirreled out of the country in the Jordan, and is literally coming to the show sticky. It's coming right out of restoration up at RM in uh, Ontario, Canada. With tacky paint on it, no less. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> you said sticky, so... Maybe tacky so. to look at it, maybe tacky to touch, I don't know. Uh, wow. Of course, I mentioned the TV Tommy Ivo, four Buick engine drag. Okay, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Chevy Biscayne, which was the uh, show car from the 1955 Motorama, one of a kind. We got the the Mormon Meteor, which still has forty eight hour speed records at Bonneville, 
um, we've we've got some really really cool stuff this year. What is some well, what when you and and, and and it probably takes a long time to to prepare for the show. I'm, my guess is when you you come up with a theme for cars that you're going to yeah. have. Is that how that works? Yeah, and in fact, we're working on 2012 now. Okay, but uh, for example, I like to do goofy stuff. Uh, we did great advertising cars one year, you know, with the Zippo Lighter Chrysler and the, mm-hmm. and the, the Moxie Rolls Royce. This year, we're doing cars named after places in Florida. Oh, really? The Chevy Biscayne, the Rambler Palm Beach, which was a concept car built in the fifties by Panin Farina. We've got two Maserati Sebrings that are prototypes, one by Vignali and and. Uh, uh, one by Touring. Uh, we've got a Ferrari Daytona and a Dodge Daytona. Uh, I kind of drew the line at Checker Marathon. <laughs> because you didn't want to come down with a taxi thing and a New York license plate, right? Yeah, that's probably it. You know, we might have done that as a joke. but And they were doing cars, uh, Orphan Concepts, which were dream cars built by companies that are no longer in business, like Plymouth and Mercury and Packard. Mm-hmm. And then we, we've got Duesenbergs. We've got over 30 Duesenbergs that are going to be on the field. I was looking at your uh, board of directors um, yeah. on Amelia Island. I noticed two names that I have, two guys that I know. One's Jack Griffith of the Griffith yeah. and, the, and the Italias, and Tom yeah. Cotter, which was uh, the guy that wrote the story about the Cobra in a barn. That, that's right. They're both on our board of directors. We're going to feature four Griffiths with Jack here this year. Uh, Jack Jack's health is, is not great, and we want to honor him while, while we can. Okay. Uh, also, people you should recognize, George Drolsom, who ran in Lola's and McLaren's and the Can-Am's on our board of directors. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, we're, we're car guys up here. You know, I wish we had a radio show in Jacksonville that did car stuff. We just don't have it. Well, we could broadcast to there. I mean, you know, if you could hook us up with uh, somebody up there, I'd be glad to sit there and work something out. We could syndicate it. Sure. There we go. Then we can have on you that. on all the time. I can. With today, with technology and, and all this other cool stuff, I mean, you know, we could be across the globe and we could still get it done. It's yeah. kind of neat. It, it so. is wonderful. The technology. By the way, some of the drivers are going to be there. In addition to Bobby Rahal, Sir Sterling Moss. Okay. Uh, David Hobbs. Okay. Sam Posey, Johnny Rutherford, uh, Don Prudhomme, TV Tommy Ivo, Brian Redman. Okay. Brian's been on my show before. He's good. So is Bobby Rahal. Bobby Rahal's been on here. I was trying to get, uh, you mentioned a name there of, of a lady that I would love to have on my radio show, and I'm looking forward to meeting her. I tried to get with her last year, a couple of years ago, but Denise McCluggage. Now, I've been yeah. reading her stuff since I was a kid. I'm a big Porsche fan, particularly with 356s, and I know she started out racing some British cars, but she also did 356s for a long time. Matter of fact, I think she had an accident in one one time. She had a 550 Spider. 550 Spider. Right, so I'm looking Denise for... Denise is 80, she's all right with it, because you know, she called me the other day. She's 84 years old and still as active as ever. That's super, that's super. Because I would love to have a woman on my radio show and get uh-huh. a woman's perspective of driving cars and so on. Because we do have a lot of women listeners, so, you know, I, I want to cater to them, too, a little bit. So I'm looking forward to meeting her there. That's kind of why we're doing the Women of Racing. We, we do an outreach program with the local schools up here, and we're going to have 600 students, high school students, 10th, 11th, 12th graders, um, at uh, that seminar, and what we're trying to show the young girls that are out there in high school don't know what they want to do. There are career paths in the automobile industry as drivers. We got Judy Stropus, who is probably the best scorer and PR lady in the business, and we we feel that we have to contribute something to our uh, our, our community, and that's one of the things that we do. Um, does uh, you're going back to the uh, well? Now you're doing you do something else with kids too, or do you do that every year? Is we it? do that every year. Last year, it was uh, we had the three heads of design from uh, 
Chrysler. We had uh, Freeman Thomas from Ford, Ed Welburn from General Motors, right. and we were going to have Ralph Gilles. He couldn't come, so uh, Joe Daner came down, and we brought three concept cars in, and they they told the, uh, the young students how they generate designs. What what what's the uh, the genesis of, of generating a new design. And then the year before that, we had the Thomas Flyer that went around the world in 1908 with the grandson of the guy who drove it, and he dressed up in period oh, clothes wow. and told a story about driving around the United States when there were no maps, there were no roads, there were no filling stations. It's amazing. Go back to um, how you determine, how you select the cars that you actually invite to the show. Okay, once you've established the theme, then do you have like a, a team, a network of people that just scour the planet and basically yeah, find... Yeah, in, in fact, a gentleman from Tampa, Mike Sierra, uh, does the Rolls-Royce Silver Ghost for me. He's wonderful, has a tremendous collection right there in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I have about five guys that are my go-to guys, but... Generally, themes are thought up over a six-pack of a Guinness Stout. You know, we, okay. we have a few of those and say, Gee, well, you know, why don't, we, why don't we do this? And then, and then we also look at the history. You know, what happened 50 years ago, 100 years ago, like next year will be the 50th anniversary of the Daytona 24-hour and the Daytona Continental and the 60th anniversary of the Sebring 12-hour. Well, we're going to do themes based around the cars that won those races. Oh, that'll be interesting. Uh, and uh, this year is the 125th anniversary of the first uh, commercial automobile, which was the Benz, the Mercedes-Benz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're going to have one of the early prototypes there. Now, do, uh, now, a couple years ago, I noticed a couple of cars were flown over from Germany as well. I mean, you had some Porsches that were brought over. Yep. And so is, is it, is it, does it take a lot of persuasion to persuade a manufacturer to bring something from overseas? And, and, and then do they bear the expense, or how does that kind of work? Or do oh, you yeah, the manufacturers of? bear the expense okay. of doing that. And it's, um, you know, it, it, we're now in our 16th year, and it, we're, you know, after about 14 years, we, we finally got their attention as far as bringing stuff in from Europe. Uh, a show has to be fresh. Mm-hmm. You can't show the same cars that have been shown at other shows around. So we work very, very, very hard to get cars that haven't been seen over here or haven't been seen in a long time. So, in other words, if you if there's cars that would be in Pebble Beach, let's say last year, the likelihood of them being at your show this year is probably less. Correct. So, in other words, yeah, so, because we want to be fresh. Okay. And and there's a great deal of competition between the two shows as who gets what car. I and mean, last year we had the. Uh, that fabulous car, uh, the Norman Tim Special, the mid-engine Buick sports car that was built in 1948. I mean, it it was long and low and swoopy. It looked like uh, a woman in a long dress, sort of like stretching out behind her, like Loretta Young, if you're old enough to remember. Oh her. yeah, mm-hmm. fabulous car, fabulous car. Well, I worked two years to get that car to debut at Amelia Island. And it was a real crowd pleaser. And we did a, a, a theme called Cars of the Covers of Motor Trend. So I got with my friend Matt Stone at Motor Trend, and we went through all the covers and said, well, gee, I know where that car is, and I know where that car is. So we put together a class of cars that had appeared on the covers of Motor Trend. And then we blew the covers up, you know, three by four feet to put by the cars so the, so the, uh, the fans could say, oh, yeah, there's the Norman Tim Special, like it was in 1948 on Motor Trend. Well, this year we're doing cars of the covers of Hot Rod magazine because it's the 60th anniversary of the NHRA. Are you so, op- are you often amazed that some of these one-off and these prototypes and some of these highly unusual cars are still still out there? Oh yeah, that, that, that amazes me every day. Uh, and if they weren't out there, someone would create it. You know? Well, that's true. That's true. 
Tell us a little bit more. Let's go back to you a little bit. Talk a little bit about your how you got into racing and stuff like that. You've been doing that for quite some time. You were inducted yeah. to the Road Racing Drivers Club, and I'm not real familiar with that. Tell me a little bit about that as well. Uh, the Road Racing Drivers Club over here is, is the equivalent of the, uh, the, our, our, the, the British Road Racing Drivers Club. You have to be nominated by uh, uh, another driver, and it was Brian Redman and Bobby Rahal. And it's usually based on your success as a driver. In my case, it wasn't. It was uh, I was a very... Uh, I had modest success. I, I, I never was up in that range, but it was for what we've done here at Amelia Island. So I, of all of the uh, things I've been able to have bestowed on me, being a member of the Road Racing Drivers Club was probably the most important because it's a recognition of your peers. Uh, in my case, it was a recognition from my heroes. Uh, when I got out of college, I graduated from the Citadel, and, and I was uh, an engineer. And I really wanted to go racing. I couldn't afford it. So I started out as a photographer for Sports Car Graphic Magazine. And in 1970, uh, Road and Track picked me up. And I stayed close to racing. And in the late 70s, I bought an old uh, Bob Sharp Datsun and went racing. And the rest has just been racing since then. Okay, so what would you get? Like a 510 Datsun back then? I had a B210. Oh, B210. Owned, owned by uh, <coughs> Terry McKenna, who was the uh, drummer for the Grand Funk Railroad. Oh, really? And it was a good car. It was built by uh, uh, Bob Cuneo, who built all of Bob Sharp stuff. And I nearly killed myself in it at Sebring. I ended up eight days in intensive care and three months at home, which didn't endear me to my, my wife at that time. But, uh, my wife's put up with a whole lot over the last 45 years. <laughs> now, you did some IMSA, IMSA racing, too, then, right, in the mid-80s? Yeah, Camaros, and uh-huh. uh, did Firehawk for about nine years and did a couple of GT races, not many. And... Uh, then I got into vintage racing oh, in 78. The first vintage race at Sebring, I had a Brabham BT-8, which I am sorry to this day that I sold. Now, that's an open-wheel car, right? No, it was the only... They, they, uh, Brabham made two sports racers, a BT-5. They made two of those uh-huh. that had the little Ford 109 engine in it. And then they built the BT-8, which had the Coventry Climax uh, twin cam, like a Formula One engine. It had two liters, two two, two five, and two seven. Mine was a two-liter car, and it was wonderful. Was that? Was, did, you, did you sit in the center, or was that a two-seater type kind of no, car? No, it was a two-seater. Oh, was it? Uh, oh. It was Denny Holmes' old car. He won the tourist trophy in it, and I found it in a South Carolina junkyard for twenty nine hundred bucks. Oh my! Those are those are great stories when you hear about these cars, these X race cars that people find in junkyards every once in a while. And of course, you know, a lot of times when I used to go junkyard and I'd see stuff, and I'd go, "Nah, you know, it's an old beat up old race car." Little did I realize. As a matter of fact, on the way to Jacksonville, if you cut across three hundred one, there's a couple places along there's these old little remote junkyards, and I used to hit those back in the eighties. Yeah. And you would find all kinds of stuff. And I, one time I was in there, and this guy was telling me that there was an old, looked like a old Winston Cup chassis sitting in there. And the guy says, "Yeah, that was uh, Tony or Tiny Lund's nineteen sixty four Galaxy." And it was, I mean, it looked like a professional built cage and everything like that. There was no sheet metal on there. And I said, "Well, if it is so historic, then why are you letting it sit here?" He says, "Well, it just looks good, and eventually somebody will come along here and write me a big fat check for it, and it'll wind up in some sort of a NASCAR museum." And I don't know if that car's still sitting there, but I remember it very well. Well, you know, a lot of those NASCAR cars were reskinned. They'd be right. a 65 Ford one year. They'd be a 68 Ford three years later. Uh, that same junkyard that turned up the Brabham BT-8, I bought two years later. I bought a Shelby King Cobra out of for 6900 bucks. And a Shelby King Cobra? Mid-engine uh, uh, 289 uh, yeah. uh, in, in a, a Cooper Monaco chassis. Yeah. Right, about 1962, 63 when they raced those, right? Uh, 65 on this one. 65, and okay. It was, it was an abominable car. It, it made attempts on my life more times than I'd like to 
How did that ever end up in the junkyard, and especially over here? Uh, a guy had it in Augusta, Georgia, and he was going to turn it into a street car because no, back in the seventies, no one cared about old race cars. They were no. just old race cars, and he sold it to the junkyard. And the junkyard guy thought he had a fish in me since he sold me the, the Brabham, and he says, "I got this here Cooper with a Ford engine. You want it?" I said, "Cooper Ford." Woo. So I went up there, and it was the last of the eight King Cobras. It had a body by Pete Brock, designed by Pete. Pete Brock, yeah, of uh, Carroll Shelby fame, the Daytona Coupe. Yeah, he'll he'll be at Amelia this year too. Yeah. Well, he's, uh, he's going to be on my show here in a couple of weeks. I've been talking okay. to Pete, so I'm looking forward to having him on there. Let me ask you a question. How many vintage racing uh, events do you attend a year? Not as many as I'd like to because the Concours takes, you know, it's all year long. I do about three a year. You know, I go to the Walter Mitty. I went down to Sebring in December when I saw you all down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I like to go to Savannah. Um, unfortunately, they got noise restrictions, and I refuse to put mufflers on a race car. That's terrible. Oh. You know. What about, do you still do, drive at Road Atlanta very often? Yeah, I, I ran this last year, the Walter Mitty with a TR6. Okay. How about uh, the Barber Motorsports thing that uh, that uh, Bobby's got going on, Bobby Rahal over there? Uh, I'd like Perm- to get over there, uh, but it's, it's uh, I don't make any decisions till after the concourse over with, because right now we're working 12, 14-hour days. Okay. So uh, how so where do, where do you where do you envision taking the Amelia Island the concourse? I mean, do you have huh. do you want to I mean do you want to expand it now? It started out no. what just two days no. right weekend uh-huh. right? No. Friend of mine at, at Bentley, John Crawford, who was head of PR at Bentley, as he retired, he says, "Can I give you a bit of advice?" I said, "Yeah, what is it? Says, Don't get too big." Okay. And uh, and you know people ask me what my goal is, and I, it's simple. My goal is to avoid the Bill Warner Memorial Trophy. <laughs> Wow. So, so tell us some of the other uh, interesting events that go on take place. Now, we have the RM auction goes on that that weekend as well, right? Yeah, RM is the official auction, and they're at uh, the Ritz-Carlton, and Gooding is three miles down the road at the plantation. So okay. you know, they'll do about $30, $35 million worth of cars in two days. Uh, uh, the aforementioned uh, uh, seminars. Okay. Um, the, the, the neat thing, unfortunately it's sold out now, is the Porsche driving experience where you cruise down the two uh, scenic islands there, Little Talbot and Big Talbot Island. We take you over to the uh, Navy base there, and Hurley Haywood gives you rides in the latest in the Porsche inventory, which will be the GT2 RS. And then afterwards, you get a chance to drive either a Panamera or a 911 or a Boxster on a slalom course we have set up. You can oh. drive the new PDK gearboxes. Oh, wow. And then uh, we've got... Uh, Is Derek Bell going to be there this year? Uh, not this year. Not this uh, year? Okay. He was there last, last year. year. Yeah, right. Uh, Vic Elford will be. Oh, Vic Elford. Oh, okay. Yeah. I met him and, in Sebring uh, 10 years ago. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, let's see. What else Quick we got Vic, going? they call him. Quick Vic. Quick Vic, yeah. Um, we've got the Mercedes-Benz Gala Dinner honoring Bobby Rahal on Saturday night. We've got the Rolls-Royce Dinner on Thursday night. We got the RM reception on Friday night, and then the Concord Delegance on Sunday, and then Monday I sleep all day. Monday you sleep all day. You take a break. Bill takes a break. Well, let me ask you this: Is there what are the chances of incorporating any kind of a racing venue into the Amelia Island event? Like well, you do we know Pebble we looked Beach? at that because they used to race at the Fernandina Beach Airport, which is but one point eight miles from the Ritz. Uh-huh. But you know, the island can support just so much. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there's not enough places for people to stay, and then you're splitting your audience. So what we've done is we've uh, partnered with uh, Trey Stevenson and uh, the folks down at Sebring. So when we do a theme up at Amelia, we get with Sebring and say, okay, uh, here's what we're going to do here. How about uh, making a special class for these cars down there? And the year we did 
Trans Am cars, you know, 30 cars came in for Amelia, and 30 of them went down to Sebring and raced the week before and the week after. So, oh, really? We they don't want to get so intense that we start diluting our audience. Right. Well, that, because you mentioned that racetrack, then how far is uh, uh, Amelia Island from, uh, let's say, like Savannah? You're only, what, an hour away? Uh, no, it's about two hours. About two hours? Okay, so that yeah. would be too far to drive, you think? Yeah. Okay. I wish we had a track up here. We've we've talked at one time. Uh, Bob Bondurant expressed an interest. Then he went through his seventh divorce. <laughs> and uh, Harvey Siegel, who owns VIR, has expressed an interest in doing a, a facility. But you know, the economy is not great for building a racetrack right now. The um, VRI this year they're having the. Uh, I'm, I've always been involved with Shelby's and, and stuff like yeah. that. And the Shelby convention this year is in a, at VRI again. It was there, I think, about three years ago, three, four years ago I was up there. And that's an amazing track. I didn't really realize the history of that track. It had been open for a while back in, the, I guess, the early 60s and closed throughout the yeah. 70s and 80s. And then they revived it. And they've done a spectacular uh, um job with that track and most people that go to vri really really like that track a lot i mean they like the whole setting the way it's done and again to kind of coincide with what you said earlier there there's discussion you hear you know among racing people that you know how you have these air these residential communities that have basically air parks and they have these huge yeah. garages well something like that was what we were led to believe they were going to do there at VRI, but there's still discussion of, you know, developing a community like that so that all us racing guys can basically live in a neighborhood where we have our own racetrack facility close by. And, uh, uh, it, it's not a good business. Not a good business? Now, you know, they tried to do one up near Metter, Georgia. It was called a, a Phil Hill Motorsports Park, and it, it died a horrible death. And uh, Right now, in this economy, mm-hmm. people just don't have the income to do that. The closest we've got to it here in Florida is Palm Beach International Raceway, which they redid. Mm-hmm. And they have an organization, they have a, a club like that. But, you know, you have to think about it. If someone's out on the track, you've got to have a safety crew right. out there. You know, you've got to have a fire crew. You, you, the, the legal uh, and, and the liability side of it is, is such that you get these, these uh, what I call the gold chain and Gucci crowd to get yep. out in their Ferrari 458 and feel their... Uh, Michael Schumacher or or, or uh, Fernando. Uh, uh, I know who's. I, I can't think yeah, of the name. You know, they, they, F1 they, driver, in other words. Yeah, and these guys don't realize you don't go out on a track without safety crew, without a full roll cage, and without a six point harness. I mean, they're just fools. Yeah, well, you have to have all that stuff, obviously. Well, you know what? The other thing is um, that. On, on, in a situation like that too is if they if they had the thing staffed if you had you know like a small community like these PUDs is what they call them they're planned urban developments so you yeah. got a small fire department you got a small medical department and you know so if they were on staff all the time you know then it might work but like you said the logistics and the economics of it these days unaffordable yeah. unaffordable you know, yeah. my my very good uh, uh, friend Bob Aiken was killed at Savannah or yeah. at, at Atlanta on a Thursday. Uh, at an HSR race, I think it was, maybe 10 years ago. And they didn't have enough safety crew out there. You know, he got hit, went off the road, hit the wall, the car burst into flames. They had one guy on the corner who wouldn't leave a station to go over with a fire extinguisher. You know, it, it, oh, it's man. ludicrous. You've you got to have safety crews there. And these, these these tracks where you just go out in your street car and go like the hammers, that's, that's, 
you know, I've raced for over 30 years. I wouldn't think about doing that. They do have driving clubs for that. But at any rate, I just got my uh, three-minute warning here, Bill. And uh, <laughs> But I do want to thank you for coming on the air. Would you come on again sometime? I'm sure you oh, would. Oh, yeah, right? anytime. Okay. And, and tell everybody, they go on to www.amelia, A-M-E-L-I-A, concour, C-O-N-C-O-U-R-S, dot org, because we're, we're a charitable endeavor. Okay. And the whole... Uh, uh, the whole uh, schedule of events is right up there. Okay, super. Well, I'm definitely going to be up there next week. I'm going to try to get up there by Friday. I'd like to be there Thursday because I think Jim and Stu are doing they're doing a live remote on Thursday, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are. And uh, if you get here, you know, uh, Friday morning, you'll have the Women of Racing seminar. You really def- need to go to that. I definitely want to see that because that'll give me an opportunity to meet Denise and some of the other drivers. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. So, but anyway, what are you racing now? By the way, well, I I've got a 356 I've been working on, and I had a 66 Shelby that I had stashed for a long time. And of course, the, I got kind of Womp pretty bad during these uh, economic crunches. So I'm kind of like a spectator. But I'll tell you what I do have. I do have a beautiful TR6 street driver. <laughs> I had I had it down at Sebring. I was driving around in the infield there. I was trying to sell it. I had Brian, Brian Redwood stare at it. I had, uh, Doc Bundy was there. He was looking at it. You know, a couple other people. And I was trying to get some people interested in and uh, I like the car. It's just a blast to drive. A TR6, you know, it's just it's really... A bargain. It, it really is. And it's still a classic British sports car, you know. Yeah. When you think of British sport, my first car was an MK3 3000, a Healy 65. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's a little out of my price range right now. But this, the TR6 is just a blast. My son's 13. He loves it. And uh, But anyway, if, with a little luck, I might be able to make it up there with it. But I think on the safe side, I'll drive my truck up there because I know it will make it. <laughs> but anyway, we got to go. I want to thank you for coming on the air. We had Bill Warner with us tonight with Amelia Island. And we will see Bill next week. Check out Amelia Island Concourse. Go to the website. And everybody else, thanks for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And stay safe. Bill, see you later. Thanks. Chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. I can't still recover.